Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 112. We are just fighters today. Last week, we unfortunately could not record an episode because we were down. We were down bad with the uh, the COVID, the sickness. Well, actually, Ollie was fine, but George and I had COVID. In particular, I was very sick. Uh, but today, we are back, and Ollie's already left us for Thanksgiving. He's currently in Texas, so we're just going to record a quick kind of 15 minutes with the boys, check in with everyone, see how they're doing, and then we'll kind of roll into more of our other topics. But today is a very big week because we have the NCAA cross-country recap, and we have one of our teammates stopping by later who has just recently won a very big race. So lots to bring you this week, but first off, Ollie, how's Texas going? It's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm down here in in, uh, in the Lord's country, God's country. That's what you said about. That's what you said about Sutherland. About yeah, uh, it's true. About it's Sutherland and <laughs> Sutherland and Texas are the same, bro. Um, Everywhere no, I am currently. Country. Yeah, exactly. I just know where to where to where to spot spot God's country. Yeah, I'm in um, in Texas at the moment for Thanksgiving. Was very lucky enough uh, over the weekend to catch up with a good friend of ours, Carlos Villarreal, who is in Austin, which is not too far away from where I am in Houston and uh, got to catch up with him. He's put on some muscle or maybe something else. Who knows? But hey. it was good to catch up with him and have a few beers. He's doing well, keeping on afloat uh, down there in the south. So props to him. Uh, showing me a great time in Austin. Uh, injury update. I can like walk pretty normally now um, up and down stairs. I've been doing some exercises. I'm back in the pool, hitting the, hitting the sessions hard, um, swimming about. 60 to 90 minutes um, a session and then I'm trying to get in some uh, trying to get in some uh, some more lifting so which is going to be interesting because I think because George I don't think Morgan have you had this injury the sacrum never the sacrum no but George has had it and Jonas has had it and a few others and, and Myra and it was interesting talking to them and Dathan has also had it of course Dathan's had every injury under the uh, under the sky when it comes to that sort of stuff. But uh, it's interesting what you can do in the gym and what you can't do. Because a lot of the things that I expected I couldn't do, um, I can do. And then when I'm in the gym and something as simple as like just lifting up my knee or lifting up something in a certain angle, it all of a sudden hurts. So I, it's interesting learning about my body in that way and how things react because I'm definitely the last person on the team who is very knowledgeable and also very wise about how muscles and bones um, work. So it's been an interesting experience, but it has sucked because I felt like I already went through this period when I was home in Australia and not running and, and swimming and, and doing other cross training things. And now I'm kind of back to where I was, but I still feel pretty fit. Um, just enjoying the warmer weather down here and looking forward to, yeah, getting this week through. And then hopefully by the next week, I think I'll be on the boost um, because everything seems to be feeling pretty good walking around. I'm using a shockwave thing, therapy thing. That Ooh. Dathan got, Where is which is really interesting because I I don't feel anything. I just walk around with a lewd little socket on the back of my upper uh, lower back. I don't think that's uh, a don't sh- think that's I don't think shockwave. shockwave. I think that's a that's a light infrared device. The bone stimulator. Well, it's an ultrasound. The bone stimulator. It's an ultrasound, ultrasound. device, and it's it says 
Shockwave on it. So I don't know. Maybe I got the wrong box. <laughs> Amazon really? delivered the wrong package. Maybe they're yeah. Just, they're just trying to make it sound more epic than it than it really is because I know what you have. It's 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 just a pissy little. Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. It's a it's an ultrasound bone healing system. Yeah, I had that exact same box. I was wrong. I was wrong. I apologize. Um, but yeah, no, saw- things are going going well. I thought you were getting shockwave <laughs> on your ass. That would hurt so bad on your sacrum. That is what uh, I don't. I don't know if we want to get back like too into it. But that is what Dathan wanted Holly to go get in Boston. Was but that's not like specific. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's like this guy who does like whole wave shock. Mm. Whole body, whole body shockwave therapy. Some what is that? Full, like? full body shockwave. <laughs> just, you just electrocute yourself, I think, and then you meant to. I think you, you just get you just get, the, you get tasered. I think you just feel better because everything else hurts more. Shockwave is relative. the worst. Yeah, treatment. Don't recommend. <laughs> if you have yeah. to get that, I mean, I think it. You know, people obviously have some good results from it, but it's so painful at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just like a oh, like jackhammer on your bones. And or a tendon hey. or something. And it just, I swear, it just kills all the nerves. So you're like, ah, oh, that feels good. Well, can't feel it at all, but feels good. Yeah. Right. I found my favorite new chicken sandwich as well, boys. I only can get it in Texas called Jolly Bees. The Jolly sandwich is a little burnt, though. <laughs> um, that's, that's black. Well, it, it, it's old, and I put it in the toaster oven. And oh, uh, you, I, thought they served, I thought they served it to you like that. That's that's a little crispy. No, 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 no. A little, a little crispy. But I, I, I would have seen that back. I did. I did. A, I did a classic like ordered too much food. I also got spaghetti. You can get spaghetti there as well, and uh, it wasn't very good at the chicken shop. But I got, yeah, I got a couple of chicken sandos and uh, ate one today, and I burnt it accidentally, but still pretty good. Shout out Jolly Bee's new favorite chicken spot. Um, pretty pretty good. Um, I'm still looking at Coffee Club slash NASA collab. Um, they won't let me in to NASA for some reason. I don't have credentials for it, but that'd be a pretty good coffee club. NASA, it's gonna be a I was link thinking there. of sending, send Gus sending, to the moon. Gus, <laughs> sending Gus out to space, I think would be, you know, that that's, that's good for the sport. That's, that's helping the podcast and the sport in some way. Surely we'll figure out a way to, to pitch that. But other than that, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I haven't got much else going on. Missing the team, missing the fellas, um, missing Dathan yelling at me about how he was able to probably run like a 204 marathon with a fractured sacrum, but you know, I can't walk up and down stairs. So, um, but yeah, no, all good here. Good to hear. Good to hear things are going well. I think part of the issue with Ollie's way of Dathan getting mad at Ollie's walking is if anyone's ever seen Ollie just walk in the morning, he, even when he's not injured, you walk, you walk like, there's something seriously wrong with you. Something's up me off. Yeah. Uh, like just limping yeah. around. Yeah. I think that's just your, your walking way, especially in slippers. I think that's it. That's my strut, bro. That's my strut. You do strut around. So then Dathan, <laughs> then Dathan thinks there's something, think there's something there that there's not. No. It's like, yeah, yeah pretty much. This, this is just normal. This is just fine. how I do it. Yeah. What, yeah. what are you, what are you in charge of for Thanksgiving, Ollie? Uh, looking good, feeling sexy. A big task. So I'm in charge. I'm, right I'm in for the job. For the, yeah. No, um, I'm not in charge of anything at the moment because I'm going to some other place for Thanksgiving that they alternate from. But I wanted to make a pavlova. I don't know if that's going to happen or not because it's a lot of egg whites, a lot of sugar. But the Australian pavlova, Australian pavlova, um, I was going to ride on a George, 
congratulations, Australia, world champions for the cricket. Um, you know, I, th- I thought you would enjoy that a uh, little. <laughs> that little, uh, little, little topic I might do with fruit with kiwis. This was congratulations to Australia for cricket world champions. But uh, yeah, I was thinking of doing that. We'll see if you guys maybe are lucky enough. I'll take a photo of it. And it's probably going to be. It's going to look like this, probably. But we'll uh, a burnt a burnt pavlova. We'll see. Yeah. What about what about you guys? What's um, your Thanksgiving plans? Oh wow, we didn't even start the episode by saying happy Thanksgiving to everyone. That's so <laughs> so rude of us because this episode should be coming out on Thanksgiving. So first off, apologies everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey if Day. If you if you celebrate here in the US. Yeah. Um happy day even if you don't. Happy Just, Thursday. Yeah. Happy Coffee Club release day. And we know that you all celebrate that secondarily. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. But yeah, we, I don't actually have any plans yet because COVID, I mean, we'll get more into like the COVID update, but that pretty much just washed my schedule. George, what did about you, you? Did you have big plans? <laughs> I, I, I might have got an invite to uh, a certain somebody's house, maybe potentially Nick Harris's place, but I don't think, uh, I don't know if I really do anything because I'm just like still, so I got sick like a week ago now, but I'm still, I would say I'm at 80% and I'm just really like, can't do too much and I don't want to commit to really anything. So we'll see what happens. I'm a real, like, see how I feel on Thanksgiving day, which is not a good way to go about it. Cause that's what Ollie and I did a couple of years ago and we ended up eating nothing. Like, <laughs> we, literally, we literally ate nothing. Like we had, it was the worst Thanksgiving meal I've ever had. It was so bad. And cause we, cause we had a workout that morning as well. So then I think we were a little bit too tired, a little bit too lazy to get to the shops before they, didn't you see? I feel like you sent Alyssa like Alyssa went and got us like a steak. Yeah, like yeah. five minutes, uh, five minutes before the grocery store closed. I think we had like a little bit of like mashed potato and like a steak, and we watched this the SpongeBob movie. It was like yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it was. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, it's on Morgan's YouTube. You can you can definitely check it out, <laughs> check it out because it is quite sad. It's a very sad anti-climax. Yeah, but shout out to shout out to Alyssa for looking after us that Thanksgiving. That was a brutal one. So hopefully, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I will start planning. I, I'm thinking after being reminded of that experience, I think I'll start planning immediately after this. But what about you, George? I am actually very excited for my <laughs> Thanksgiving plans, which include uh, flying to San Diego tomorrow afternoon and not going to San Diego, but going to Carlsbad for three nights where Jenna's older sister recently moved to a house on like front row at Carl's bed on the beach. On the beach. And it's looking like 75 and sunny the rest of the week. And I'm very excited about it. Got some running recommendations from former NAU teammate that grew up in Carl's bed. So no, I'm looking forward to it. If anyone, uh, I guess this comes out on Thursday. If anyone wants to run tomorrow. <laughs> you listen to this immediately when it comes yeah. out and you want to run tomorrow. Uh, hit me up. <laughs> Epic. Epic. Yeah. That's is, crazy. is this a good time to mention that why everyone feels bad is because of me? Like I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to should take we, the hit on that. That take, I almost killed Morgan. Take the blame last week. So George may have been responsible for introducing the COVID once again to our once again our lives. Well, I'm <laughs> no. not saying that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were responsible last time, but just that this is the second time that it's gone through the team. This is the second breakout, and both times I've got COVID. Both times, Ollie has been suspiciously immune. 
suspiciously. <laughs> the chicken nug, baby. What, what was your mum's theory as an expert on Ollie's full-blown immunity? Just built different. Just, just literally built I, different. I think it's like the more intelligent you are, the more susceptible you are from COVID. That's what <laughs> I heard. That's the, so the less intelligent you are, the less you don't have to deal with diseases like that, you know? Yeah, so yeah. the more symptoms you have, the, if you're more yeah. intelligent. Because Morgan gets yeah. hit hard. So pretty much. Yeah. So I got. Um, yeah, go ahead. We had a lovely trip to New York um, to watch Helen. But unfortunately, and probably like, if you're going to get it somewhere, it's probably New York. That was like the original hotspot of COVID. Most densely populated place on earth, I swear. And unfortunately, brought back the brought back the disease to Boulder. And at the end of the week, I started feeling bad on Thursday. Like felt started feeling bad running, just thinking I was tired. Obviously, I didn't know anyone had COVID, so I wasn't like thinking that I had it. And I was just like feeling not great running. I was like, "Oh man, we're training a lot. Like maybe it's just catching up to me." But woke up Friday morning and was like, "All right, actually, this isn't just tired." So didn't go to practice. But by then, it had spread. It had it had spread to. Morgan and Joe Clicker, the strongest of of all of us, and Josette. I gave it to I gave it to three of us, three 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 fallen fallen teammates. And not, not bad um, contagiousness. Well, bad well done on that account, <laughs> especially because you're outside with like for for myself. Like we recorded the podcast on Wednesday, so I assume that's when I got it. Mm-hmm. For the other guys, you just only saw them outside, so that's very impressive. Yeah, that's a weird one. I guess that's how COVID goes. And I I feel very fortunate to have had barely any... I had a headache for kind of Friday and Saturday. Took Friday off, but like probably didn't have to. Just Friday's already our easy day. So um, thought I may as well and getting a little bit extra rest. And then I doubled Saturday and Sunday and got back to normal training on Monday and had had the biggest uh, week of my life actually last week following COVID. So I feel really lucky to have had, had it super lightly and now hopefully quite immune. Um, but I feel bad for almost killing Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. did not have it like I did, unfortunately. I'm not going to spend too long harping on it, but I was very sick and still am a little bit sick. I'm not like, I don't have COVID anymore. Like I've tested negative, but I'm just like still, my body's recovering from four to five days of intense fevers and a terrible mouth infection. So, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with. I, you know, I sometimes I think I'm strong, and then I get sick, and I realize I'm just, I'm just a man, and I have my limitations. And yeah, I've had to take it very, very easy. And especially running wise, running running hasn't even been like a a thought. That's how you know the different levels. It's like some people are like, oh, I feel so sick. I only ran eight miles today. I'm just like couldn't even think of running for that first week and now I'm up to running back to 30 minutes or so so that's good and I feel okay doing it so yeah on I mean it's not a big deal like it'll I hope it's not at least like I think um over the coming days I think I'll really recover full and feel good and be back training but um yeah just gotta take it easy for a little bit longer still and and that's that so yeah no not I'm gonna make a big deal out of it and hopefully we just move on. And by the time everyone's back together after this Thanksgiving week, everything is just pretty smooth sailing again. That's that's my dream. 
That's my dream. So before we let you go, Ollie, because we uh, our, our special guest has entered the studio, just a quick, what are your uh, rapid fire takeaways on the NCAA cross country? So uh, honestly, great to see the turnout from social media. It looks like it was a big one, which is awesome. Uh, great to see Graham, the Harvard boy, prodigy, 5-0. and Well, not prodigy. He's pretty pretty freaking good now. Um, winning the Subway Championship. Also, I love his comment about how he's sitting around like a dumbass. <laughs> I really like that comment because <laughs> they went out like 2.30 in the first K. That was ridiculous. I think, which is insane. Um, Parker Valby, uh, pretty awesome run from her as well. She just took off. I have a bit of a stick with the women's cross-country 6K for me is way too short. And I think this discussion's come up before on our podcast. If it hasn't, it probably should. I think 6K is way too short. That's not cross-country. 8K to 10K, I think. I think they could do further. Cross-country. I think they should do I, I 12. I think they could run 12K. Yeah, but in general, that does that change my opinion on who would win? No, I think Parker Valley would have still won if it was 8K or 10K, but I think a 6K cross-country run for women, I think is just too short. That's like a middle-distance run. Um, that's my beef on that. Uh, it was great to see um, Tui's emotions, Tui's new, uh, their emotions uh, with winning the third straight uh, NC State title, which is fantastic. Uh, apparently she was sick. I don't know much information about that, but she rallied. I think she was 13th and then got to fifth near the end of the race, which is great for NC State. Um, NAU. I think Jordy was correct in saying that the women's team is better than the men's because they were one point away of winning a national title, which is pretty insane. Um, that women's race was definitely, I think, more exciting than the men's in that sense. Uh, Oklahoma coming through with the win. It's pretty cool. Honestly, I love Dave Smith's comment, which I know was all over social media. When they asked him how he was going to win, they said they had to be one, one more point than NAU. Um, that was a great comment. And I, good, good to see my good mate, Michael Smith, having a little chuckle about that. Um, just letting him know that Owen really enjoyed that uh, <laughs> that, that comment remark. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my takeaways from it. It looked pretty cool. Every time I see cross country, particularly with NCAA, like Europeans as well. But I think Morgan probably and George feels the same way. I miss cross country when I watch it. I like 100%. get nostalgic about it, and I really want to go back to it. But then I start to get a snap into reality and think, yeah, I remember when we tried to do cross country as a pro and. <laughs> It was a bit different than what we wanted and all expected, but um, definitely gave me good nostalgia and was exciting to watch. So that's my that's my hot takes for it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, Ollie, we uh, look forward to having you back in person next week, so we we can chat it all up for a little bit longer, I think. But thank you for joining us for a little bit this morning. Enjoy the week. Thank you. Enjoy Texas. See ya. We'll do. See y'all. See you, mate. Hi, so we are joined now by Helen O'Beary, the the queen of the OAC. Helen, how are you doing today? I'm good, Morgan. And you? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. We have a little icebreaker question, which was requested by someone off camera. Who is your favorite member of the OAC? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) I I know the answer. My girl, they are Cinta. Cinta. <laughs> that question was rigged. Yeah. That was rigged, Cinta. <laughs> so you and Cinta have spent a lot of time. I mean, Cinta also is probably my favorite member, if I, if I had to say. Um, maybe potentially biased as well. But you and Cinta have actually spent a lot of time together when you when you guys both were first 
here in Boulder. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. She's like, uh, you guys have a kind of a sisterly relationship, even though she calls you mama. So maybe it's more of a... Maybe it's more mother-daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like uh, we lived with Cinta for a while last year for like uh, three weeks. And she was very good girl. So She's I'm like mama to her. <laughs> mama. Yeah, because I'm older than her, so mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. And also, she's your, she's the best friend of your daughter Tanya as well. Yeah, Tanya likes her a lot. She always <laughs> asks me, "Why, why is Cinta? I want to see Cinta." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, so we're gonna talk about anything that you want to talk about. We we will cover today. But first off, we do want to focus in on New York uh, just a little bit because it was so recent, and because we all had the privilege of being there to watch you it was an amazing trip for all of us uh how was it for you going back to new york this year after your massive race there last year with the debut and i mean the race didn't go quite how you wanted to but the the first marathon is always tough like that going back how did you feel you're a different person weren't you a different athlete actually let me say like last year i learned a lot about to do a marathon Something I learned from a marathon is to be patient from last year. So last year, I can't say I did bad. It was good for me sometimes to learn. Sometimes things can go wrong way so that you can learn from your mistake. This year, I trained so well. I was so well prepared about the race. I was so excited to race. And, you know, sometimes when you have a support from your training mates, from your company, from your family, so you want to do extra hard work so that you can just make them proud because they are there for you. They have been supporting you. So it was my time to give how the best. Yeah, <laughs> It's beautiful. That's, that is, that's amazing. That's uh, such a good way of looking at it. They say, uh, they say you, you, win or you win or you learn. So you learn the first time and then uh, you won the second time. <laughs> She's learned all the lessons that she needs to. <laughs> so, you know... Like, this year was, can I do New York? Because last year was terrible for me. So I was saying, like, how? But I remember somebody told me last year, I said, I would come to New York again. And then she told me, you remember me. You will come here next year and you will win. So, <laughs> actually, I, I like, can I come and do, you know, when you do bad things? You can do again good things so that you can show the world you are capable of doing much better than last year. So for me, I was going there to show the world I can do much better than last year. Yeah, and it was amazing to be yeah. there to watch it. I have to say, it was, it was almost. I wonder how it was for you racing it because it was such a slow build up. Because before the race, we had heard about the training that you had been doing. And just based on, you know, the accumulation of all your previous races and all that, we knew you were in amazing shape. We knew that you could run very fast if you wanted to. But then the race starts and you guys are jogging. You guys are taking it so easy. <laughs> when you were running, you know, all those miles, the first, I'm not sure how many you would say, 20 miles or whatever, were you ever nervous that, wait, is this the best plan for me? Because you knew how fit you were. Did you ever think, no, I should be making this faster? Or were you just calm and composed and you knew that no matter what anyone else did, you'd be able to match it and then 
even go faster at the end. Okay, first from the start, I was so worried about the pace because I was looking my watch at about five miles, and I know this one is going to be so flores because nobody wanted to push the base. But I knew other girls who are like looking at me. If I make any move, they can like going with me. So for me, I said, let me be patient. Even if it's a slow race, New York, it's all about win. It's like a champion's race. So for me, I said like after 20 miles. So I was asking myself, can anyone make a move? <laughs> You wanted someone else to make the move. So, and I said, not me. <laughs> Smart. So, I was saying, like, uh, so up to, like, that 6K. So, I said, if we're going to go with this way. So, for me, I knew I had a strong finish. So, I do believe on myself. So, I say, like, somebody's here. But for me, I can just use my track speed because I always have that speaking to my legs. So, I say, like, if it's about maybe 40k so i'm gonna decide maybe to go because it's only 2k to go so luckily the ladies made a move after from that 6k and it was so i was so comfortable throughout the race mm -hmm. yeah. so you were very happy about that and then you sat in and then at uh some point with it was pretty late still like was it 400 to go when you really started kicking on the is the big uphill going up to the finish what what was the point where you were all out, or did you always know? Did you always kind of keep an extra gear at the end, just to just to know if if the other women were were kicking as well that you could you know take them? I tried. I say to myself, maybe it's like six hundred to go. Anything can happen. This race, even like the one who is slower, can just win the race because it's a slow race. It's anybody's race. So I said, can I make a move? Because I know the Ethiopian lady was so strong and you can't handle anybody in the race. So I said, like, can I just go? And at a certain point, I said, 300 meters too, I said, oh, I started to kick so hard. Can I hold this pace? <laughs> 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 but, you know, when you're just in front, there's another something comes into your mind. There's something comes into my mind. You see. If I'm so tired, also the girl in is coming she also maybe she has been tired so i said like let me keep on pushing but it was so happy <laughs> so i didn't know where the finish line was because you know when you are going you can't see the finish line so luckily when i was like towards the end of the hill i saw like it's downhill and it's the finish line so i get that energy to push extra hard amazing so obviously it came down to you and gade in the last 400 meters and for I don't know if anyone is listening and is not as, just for some context, she is the woman that beat you in the last 100 metres or 50 metres, 10 metres in at World Champs in the 10K in Eugene. Did that did that cross your mind in, in the last finish? Like that, you know, you wanted to get one back on her? <laughs> Was, did that ever come into your mind? Yeah, because so many people were saying that it's, it was a rematch. <laughs> from World Championships and uh, New York. So for me, I can just call for World Championships. It's what, not a fair game. So for me, I said, like, let me show them <coughs> it was not a fair game because if I could allow Gita to beat me, so people will say, like, we knew it. We knew it. People are complaining about 2022. 
now you see what happened. Mm. So for me, yes. I was always on Team Helen, even <laughs> yeah. before you were a teammate. Yeah. If you go back for in, sure. for anyone watching, watch the final 100 meters of the Oregon, the women's 10K. And I don't know how you don't get DQ for that. <laughs> so mm. for me, I said, like, let be our friend. It is my best friend. You know, it's sports. Sports is all about friendship. But when you compete, there's no friendship when you compete. But you, after the race, you are friendship. So for me, I say, like, let me try maybe to show her I'm always better. It's <laughs> 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 very kind of you. Low extra yeah. motivation. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And then when you finish a race like that and you, one of the, probably arguably the biggest race in the world and you achieve your goal, can you describe that feeling? There's sometimes you feel like, you know, it's a, you can just imagine so many people, like more than 50 million people are watching. It's a, a big race. So you can just say, like, you have done it. But you can just say, like, it was a tough, but you have made it. Because so many people wanted to race, there's so many people wanted to win a race. So it's a real opportunity for me to win this race. So for me, I was always happy. After the race, despite the, if I lose the race, if I want to lose, so I must be happy and so, you know, I say, like, now I've won the race. No, I have a big task. Because you have shown so many people you are capable of doing it. So for me, how can I maintain that shape? Because, like, there's so many races coming. So for now, I say, like, New York's past. So for me, I'm looking forward what I can do. Fair enough. Well, I guess we should probably move on then. <laughs> Look forward. Uh, well, one more question before I move on. Okay. <laughs> About the the next day after after the marathon, when you, you stayed in New York and you have, I know that you have a lovely dinner to go to and then the next day you get to do all these cool events and one of the events that you got to do was go to a, a football game <laughs> <laughs> and there was a very famous picture which circulated with you with one of the players, Aaron Rodgers. Did you know who that was that you were getting your picture <laughs> taken with? Actually, let me say I didn't know him. Yeah. And where I came from, Kenya, we only know football. It's like soccer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's different. So for me, it was opportunity to see how American football is. Did you watch the game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched the game, but there's someone who said, like, let me call the top American football so we can just come and say hi. So, you know, like, if you don't know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so when people were asking me, do you know the guy? I say, no. <laughs> so when they scrubbed me like do you know the oh I said oh my this is <laughs> like uh, you know it was my first time to watch that game mm -hmm. it was interesting but unfortunately like I didn't know how it was going but I used to run slowly because like they have so many breaks they are used a lot of time so it's you a know, very confusing sport I was thinking it's like a 45 minutes 45 minutes like football mm -hmm. so for me I was wondering like they have so many like 26 players they play, then the other ones comes in. Like, so, but it was like interesting game to watch. So even me, I said, I started watching it because they told me there's another American football in Denver. So I said, it's excited maybe to watch. So, so now you're a big fan. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Broncos, Broncos fan. Go Broncos. Tanya will grow up as a big, a big Broncos fan. <laughs> so how long have you been in the U.S. now? Must be a bit over a year since you first came like, here. Uh, yeah, because you came. I guess you came. November. It was uh, September last year. Yeah, you came in the build-up for for New York. How have you liked being part of 
one, like the OAC, but then also just kind of like being here in Boulder and training. Have you enjoyed um, that? And how's that being compared to, it must be so different, I imagine, to your whole life in Kenya training, which, I mean, you had so much success doing that. So it's got to be kind of a little bit daunting changing all that up. But I mean, it's, it's paid off already. But how has the whole transition to life in the U.S. been for you and the family? Let me say it was not easy. For the first time, you know, you are moving to a new country. You don't know somebody. It's a new, like, life started there. So it was like, let me say, like, last year when I was here without a family. You know, when you, you have used to be with your family, and you know your family is far away, you need to talk with them. Time difference is a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was so stressful because I used to, like, let me say, <laughs> from training, Eat and sleeping. <laughs> we know so, your routine well. <laughs> so <laughs> I had my house help. They all do everything. For me, it's like, come and eat, Mama. It's time to eat. It's time to go and sleep. So here, <laughs> I was making my dinner, <laughs> my lunch, my breakfast. I have to go for training. And the most challenging thing was to go training alone. Mm. In Kenya, I used to have so many groups, like more than 50 people training together, even in Finland, everything we used to do is teamwork. So, but you know, sometimes you say, I have to get used to a new environment. Now I'm not in Kenya. I don't have those training mates here. How can I adapt with these ones? So in March, we moved here with the family. At least it was much better. Of course, I would say like life was that easy because, you know, getting time to school, looking for apartment. <laughs> but I thank the OAC team. They stood with us. They were like uh, our new family because, you know, you don't have a car. <laughs> you have to look for apartment. You don't know which school is the best. But they helped us a lot because, like, without them, we could not make it. We could not like to live here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for now, we are used to living here and Sometimes we ask Tanya, can you go back to Kenya? He say, no, mommy. If you want to go, just go for me. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> so Tanya loves it here. Uh, yeah, and you know, sometimes when you come here, I always say, if you want to have one more time, you can have one more time with your training mates because I'm with you guys all the time. So I was thinking, like, can I get used with these guys? How are going to be? So <laughs> first time, I was so worried. <laughs> Even talking with you guys, because I'm coming from Kenya, my English are not good like you are. So it was so challenging to communicate. So, But I get like, you are so friendly, understanding people. So you get, I get used to, to train with you guys because like, if I came here and you say like, we don't want to train with you. So I could feel like, can I go back home? But for now, I feel like that I'm like in Kenya. So I don't need to go back to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what is Tanya's favorite thing about America? Oh, she like like <laughs> I can say like she likes so many things to make friends and uh, like when time Halloween, I, I don't know it's Halloween time. It was so like he loved it because you ask Tanya what do you want to be say devil devil <laughs> and for us we don't knew. We don't know how Halloween looks like, so it made us to know what things go. Mm-hmm. So for her, she likes making about friendship, so she's so lovely to make friends. Mm. Yeah. That is special. It is an amazing uh, 
cultural experience the first the first Halloween for the family here in America. I mean, even for us because we don't have Halloween back home the same as well. So even us to witness it, it's uh, it's very special and it is a lot of fun. So that is very cool. Uh, so we are looking forwards now. The big one is the Olympics, and the first question we do have surrounding that is about the qualifying. Do you know exactly how it works to qualify for the Kenyan marathon team? In Kenya, we don't have trials, but they see how people have done in previous marathons. So first priority they give like Boston Marathon. So for me, winning two major marathons in a year. It's not bad. Obviously, <laughs> I'm going to be in the team because that I don't want <laughs> to, to name the team next month. They so name the team next month? Yes. So that you have enough time to prepare for Olympics. So for me, I think I've done, for now, I'm top in Kenya in marathon. So I'm going to, obviously, I'm going to be in the team to Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... It sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is nice. Be picked already. And so is mentally, is everything just you're looking forward to trying to win the Olympic gold in the marathon? Is is that kind of where your head is at now? You're already thinking about that? Sure. Because I've done three Olympics now, 2012, 2016, and 2021, 2020. So I've got silver in Olympics. <laughs> you get the so, silver. So for me, I'm thinking like, this one is going to be my year next year because mm-hmm. I'm looking for golden track. I haven't lost any hope. So I am thinking I have a chance of getting gold and nothing comes like easy. I'm going to work hard. You know, the best thing you can get is to be healthy because we have like a, more than nine months. It's sports, anything can happen. So for me, first you stay healthy. That's all I need. And from there, you know, when you are healthy, you can train well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So just fo- focus on that and the rest of it should take care of itself. It will be my main mind focus now. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Anything else, George? Before, I mean that that sounds like sounds like pretty pretty solid plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going for, we're going for golden Paris. That's what we're doing. Hell yeah! Well, Helen, thank you so much for joining us for a little bit today. We've really appreciated having you come on, as we do appreciate watching you every single day out there, inspiring us with just the way that you train and the way that you race and the way that you carry yourself. So, thank you very much for choosing to be a part of. Well, we have here we uh we appreciate it a lot you're inspiring us to become marathoners thank you so much thank you so much also for your time to come new york to cheer me it was so amazing to see you in streets sharing <laughs> helen helen coco so i always appreciate your support guys thank you so much thank you helen yeah. see you next time thank you bye and we are back and it is just george and i here now and first off just Thank you to Helen for coming on. Busy lady. <laughs> Busy lady. I was going to ask her if, uh, who she thought had like the most promise in the marathon, but it's a big question. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really want to know the answer. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you have, you've got no chance. I was going to ask her how much she naps in a day. And then I don't really want to, I mean, I do kind of know. I think it's a just crazy. Make us amount. feel worse. Exactly. I'm just like, we nap. well, yeah. Cause if you hear it from her, then it's like, well, why am I not doing that? You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Just be like, 
should just wonder why we didn't have. So yeah. that's obviously what you should be doing. <laughs> for anyone who's listening, I think the number is somewhere around like four hours. Like it is like a crazy amount. It's, it's like two. Naps. It's like multiple naps, right? It's multiple naps. And it's, she doesn't mess around. She she trains in the morning. And then has a morning nap. And then naps like straight after it. So it's, it's very And then an afternoon nap. Yeah. I don't know how you can train yourself to do that. But Was she saying she had like <laughs> helpers at her house in Kenya? Yeah. Like that would like cook for her and I think so. I'm not see we I guess gotta get it back on to get into this in depth, but I'm not sure how much time back in Kenya she would spend between living at home and maybe with helpers or and, and being in training camp. Because mm. I know that they do training camp a lot. And especially the fact that she said that she trained with fifty people makes me think that maybe it was a training camp. And I don't know, I'm basing a lot just based off what I've seen from Elliot Kipchoge. I know he's on training camp and I know they have like helpers and stuff and I think they all do some of like the chores and that, but I think a lot of the time they're able to, yeah, just to fully focus on training and sleeping and eating the important stuff. So yeah. But she was just like asking me in the gym if maybe she was on the table with Kim and she was just like, I don't know, we just, I was going in to run or left. Or I don't know what I was doing. She was like, so when, like when, when you're running a marathon, <laughs> I was, shit, Helen. I don't know. <laughs> hey, give me a few years. Everyone um, has to move up to the marathon. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's what she was just like. Yeah, like when you're running one, like that was just the obvious connection. It like, is. You're gonna run one at some point. Yeah. You know, when is it? You have to. You have to, especially after being inspired by her. She makes it look pretty sweet. She does. She really does. I guess when you've come, when you've won two out of your three marathons, and both of those are the majors. Those are Kipchoge numbers. Yeah. He, he lost his first one and then went on like a win streak for like 10 years or something. Something like that. <laughs> Crazy. I could see that happening right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how it works, but she seems like she's not slowing down anytime soon. I'll say that much. It's so. crazy that she won't end up doing a paced one for a long time. That is, that is really crazy. I think like championship style ones and then the Olympics, which is just another. I mean, there are only two non-paced races, Boston, New York, and she's only done them. Surely after the Olympics, then she'll have to go and tick all those different boxes. Tick that world record bonus off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy when... See, now the women's marathon, the the world record time is just unreal. You need a, unreal. You need an elite male to pace you to do it, essentially. Well, that is like actually a big benefit in women's marathoning. Even women's marathon training. Mm-hmm. Is that you can just get a sub? Oh, now they actually have to be pretty good. Yeah, they have to be very good. Somewhere like sub elite marathoner to like come train with you or pace you, mm-hmm. like or just I, Dathan on the bike. Yeah, well, <laughs> does that like should the men should we just be able to have like a bike pacer then? Yeah, <laughs> what's the difference? Yeah, we should. It is kind of crazy that they. It seems like quite a big advantage. I, I am a little bit surprised. No, I don't. I don't really know the the context of this, the history of this topic. But I am a little bit surprised that they, uh, like, have they allow male pacemakers for the women's world record. And I know that they have a women's only world record as well. But it seems like they don't really care about that one. Like clearly, the the women's world record with the male pacer is the most impressive women's mm-hmm. record. Like the, it just is. So it's like that's the one that they're really going for. So, yeah, that's Helen, and it's going to be very exciting to watch her journey between now and uh, see her on that starting line of Paris and see how that goes. And she probably will run another marathon 
in like one more in between that time, I think. So we'll see what happens. But coming full circle, apologies. I know this has been such a roundabout episode today, which is just because of our organizational skills. <laughs> we had a couple and all even in Texas. We had a couple of technical difficulties earlier, but we're gonna go back into the NCAA recap. And Ollie did a really good job at just kind of going through all the headlines of it, and um, really just kind of yeah, giving the main big storylines. And I think we'll just get into those a couple more, a couple more in. in we'll do a depth. deep dive to yeah. make up for our lack of preview. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which was yeah zero zero preview. We didn't talk about once preview. this fall. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> like which we're is saving good. up for last week. Which is good because I don't think we would have looked very smart. Well, yeah. I mean, we would have done. Okay. I definitely know a lot less people. Apart from maybe the very very top people, yeah, we really like our knowledge has really dropped off in terms of like because when we were when you're there or when you're one or two years removed, you know, like you know, like most of the top forty people or even more than that you know and so it's you have an idea but now things have just changed we're way too old for this so i was thinking like this is like the last year that i actually know people on the nau team i think yeah see that's such like a that weird i thought. was on i think this is the last year that i was on the team with anyone because i don't i don't cross over with anyone from the wisconsin team anymore so it's it's a really weird thing and we i kind of know them but it yeah. really showed in our in our draft game <laughs> so, was like, who yeah, are these people? One thing that was very fun that we did as a team, organized by Andy Weeding. So, shout out to Andy. Thank you very much for that. Also, did have a $100 Amazon gift prize, which I completely forgot. <laughs> like, I forgot that that was like, that there was a prize. I just was thinking that we were kind of just doing it for fun and to make <laughs> watching the race a little bit more entertaining. But we did a full on snake draft. Um, it was. Was it yeah. seven or eight on a team? Seven per team and 12 of us. 12 of us playing. So, yeah. like, it took a long time to do a snake draft. <laughs> yeah. Whatever seven times 12 is. Like, we, we had to get down to... text. Yeah. It was not a very efficient... I mean, this... Well, it was very last minute, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was men's and women's combined, and it was just then your top five. And top five scored. Scored. I had the... first pick. Nailed it. <laughs> Out the gate. Parker Valby. Very good pick. Very Great. good pick. Sent it. What made you choose Parker Valby over Caitlin Tui? I just had a good feeling about about uh about her this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, I think she just looked dominant at uh Nutty. Nutty was when was that when she beat Tui? Tui, yeah. For maybe like the first time. Yep. And I don't know. Maybe just for fun too. Mm-hmm. And just because she. She sent it last year and got caught. And this year, had a good feeling about it. Nailed yeah. those tangents. And, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of a big storyline about her. The tangents. <laughs> the tangents, yeah. <laughs> that, she did nail the tangents. It is funny. They brought it back up on the commentary. Did they? Like uh, did Kyle, Kyle and... Kyle talk about it? Uh, the other... Once again, outstanding coverage from it ESPN. Am- oh, it's it so amazing. good to watch. They, they crush all the job. ads at the start. And then, dude, they can't even have... You can't even run a 3K on the track without ads, mm-hmm. but they can have a full 10K cross country with no ads. Yeah, amazingly. That's, and well like done. epic drone shots. I mean, Parker's so far in front the whole way that like, yeah. you couldn't see any of the, the rest great, of the race. Great uh, graphics for the team scoring as well. Oh, like every K split was so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really The storyline I was experience. talking about was her quote the day before saying that she's been running two to three days a week. 
Yeah, whole. we need to we need to dive into that because it's it's mind blowing. She's so good, and she's so good at yeah distance running, which you would just think takes a lot of volume to be good at. But it made me think when Ollie was talking about how he he thinks six k is too short, whether or not like whether or not you can get away with that at ten k. I I agree with Ollie. I still think she would have won if it was ten yeah, k. But I do think you can get away with that kind of system, like at the shorter distance, if that is truly what she's doing. But I, I'm going to say, like, I reckon those two to three days, she must be crushing. Or at least, like... I think they're all workouts. It's like Tuesday, Friday, yeah. Sunday. like Or, like, workout, workout, long run, and then all her, like, quote-unquote easy mileage must just be cross-training. Did she say how much she cross-trains? Was it, like, two hours a day or something like that? I think I saw some. I saw some people posting about it, but I didn't actually see it from... Her mouth or anything? <laughs> you didn't see it from her mouth. I didn't see it in an interview. You didn't, I didn't see, see it come out of her mouth. So I don't know what the truth is. Well, we need to get on to really dive in. But I mean, I know that. I mean, shit, that makes what I was doing look like a lot when I was running five days a week. But I, even like doing that, I knew that it was possible to make up for a lot with, like, doing taking out easy runs and putting in some cross training, and then I would still do as big a workouts as anyone on the team but try and make up for it with cross training. Mm-hmm. And if you just dive even more into that, take more easy mileage out. Take it out. And just jump on the elliptical all the time. I don't know if that's what <laughs> she's doing, but I bet it is. Yeah. She's, she, I did see her say that she loves the, uh, what's it called? The arc trainer. Which is, is that, is that an elliptical? Yeah, it's an elliptical. That's not the one that's like, <laughs> it might be. That I'm, funny. I'm not sure which one it is, but it is an elliptical. So I think she's just crushing a lot of time on that. I wonder how hard she goes for all that cross training because mm. there are some people who cross train like way too hard, you know, because it's so boring, I think, is a big part of it. I would often do like fart legs on the elliptical yeah. just so it would, <laughs> it would, to it would like time. just to pass the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you two, wouldn't three, do four. that if you were running, obviously. You just run easy and it's fine. Yeah. But, but then, but it's never that hard. Even if you like, do an elliptical fart leg. It's not like it's that hard. Oh, and there's no impact on your body yeah. still. Like you, you could do it but enough. It's just less boring. You definitely could do it enough where you are stressing your body too much, but that would have to be a lot of elliptical. Yeah. Like but I even think if you're, even if you're running over 100 miles a week, I still think getting on the elliptical would probably be beneficial, right? Is I there a limit uh, to how many? <laughs> like, is there a limit to? Aerobic. At some point, at some point, I think that we're not limited by the aerobic component, and I think why is Cam Livens running three times a day then? Well, why wouldn't he cross train one of those? What's the, what would be the difference? I once think that running like is always the best if you can. But once you're at 110 miles, why is the elliptical less important? Because, because recovery, so because much. recovery might be more important. You know what I mean? It's like active recovery. <laughs> because. <laughs> The reason why I would say it's less important is because, like, I don't, I'm not I'm not a scientist nor a coach, but just if you look at training in the most basic, like the most basic principles, we have like the principle of, uh, like an eighty twenty rule. You know, eighty percent of your training should be easy, and then twenty percent should be hard. Massive oversimplification, but actually mm. shows to be very accurate if you look at how much everyone distributes their intensities and so if you're i think if you're running 100 miles a week you're probably doing that pretty well but if you're if you're only 
running 30 miles a week and all of that is intense, I think you still have a lot more to gain through the uh, getting in that easier stuff via the cross training if your body's not able to do it running. That's like, I don't know if that's a good explanation, but that's kind of how I would think about it. I do think very, I would think I would say very few of the best runners in the world are cross training. But yeah. <laughs> did you see that video of Kipchoge crushing on the stationary bike? That was hilarious. Yeah, he was sweating <laughs> he so was sweating much. so hard. And I was like, why are you doing that? Like, I mean, maybe, I mean, Kipchoge probably I've gets injured. It. I've never heard of him being injured before. He probably does. Like, everyone gets injured. Like, apparently Jakob is, is dealing with an injury right now. All I wonder if people. he's cross-training. I don't think Jingi cross-trains normally, though. No, I don't think I don't so think either. Josh Kerr cross-trains. I think, I think. Unless he's not running. Jingi definitely runs enough volume. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Um, I mean, it obviously works, like, if you're not running, like, Grant. But I don't think Grant cross-trains when you... Actually, he was talking about... They asked him whether he would continue doing any cross-training, like, after it worked so well coming back this season. Mm-hmm. And he said, mm, maybe, maybe a little bit. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think when you just see someone like Parker and you see those numbers, you, you do just still immediately think, though... Well, how much they, better. Yeah, yeah, how much better they yeah. could be if... if they could handle the training. And, I mean, I'm sure that's her goal is to just slowly work up. It seems like, I mean, because you look at how the top women train and it's a lot, it's 80 miles a week plus, and you compare that to 30 miles, and it's it's like how the hell do you bridge that gap? But I, if you have the right people around you and you have, yeah, good strength, good coach, similar to what you've gone through in the last two years, then you can really make these crazy big jumps and... I mean, it's only a positive that she's already able to compete at a similar level to, yeah, to these other people that she's competing against without having to do that training. That's only like a good thing. I think it would be less of a jump for her because she's probably training like if she's doing two hours a day minimum, even if even if some days it's combined, like twelve, fourteen hours of training a week. So even if that becomes more running, eventually, I don't yeah. think it would. It wouldn't be as big a jump. As if you were just someone that ran thirty miles a week, like no, a, I agree like with a that. Normal person that ran thirty miles a week and then wanted to run eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely your body's already getting trained and you're in the routine of training that often and all that. I think. I think the the big thing that we would like, as in mostly Smith and I would talk about, in terms of how I could like make up for um, little volume I was running, was like talking about the density of the training as opposed to the volume. So like we talk about like the three, the three kind of things you can <clears throat> increase in training are like intensity, volume, and density, and like by by taking out volume but keeping the density really high in training, which means like on the days you do run, running like ten to twelve miles a day on those days, that's like the equivalent of like the same. That's like if you ran that every day, that volume is like eighty plus. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it and like just cramming the density in, but taking the volume down. And it's probably high intensity as well because it's workout days. So you've got like intensity and density high and just volume low. Yeah. It's like one of them is like being lowered to make up for the other two. Yeah. And so even though maybe in pure volume wise, you're only doing 50% of say like your training partners, in reality, you, in terms of the stuff that maybe matters the most, you're still doing 80 to 90%. Like you're still mm. doing most of the, you're still actually doing most of the stuff that's important to make you really good at running. You're just not doing some of like the extra stuff to get you to that full 100%. I wonder if it's 
I feel like it would be annoying being her teammate. Like she's she's never at practice. She's never running. <laughs> she shows up for the races. She shows up to practice like once a week and just <laughs> must be so far ahead. <laughs> like, this I girl's not even, even running. I can't even imagine. You know, oh. I feel bad for her teammates. Yeah, but so amazing, nice, amazing nice to see. Yeah, amazing to see from Parker, and it'll be so interesting to see how things carry forwards between her and Caitlin Tui because Caitlin has was so untouchable like a year ago and then things like during indoors she was crushing and then outdoors things like didn't quite go her way and then now it's been a little bit since things have gone exactly according to the Caitlin Tui plan plan and I mean she's one of the best runners of a generation so it's just always interesting to see how that plays out but the other big question I had for you um, I wasn't with you when you were watching it, but I was wondering how it was here in your household between Jenna and yourself. How was it watching the uh, NAU women go into battle? I had, I well, back to our NCAA draft, I was feeling very loyal to the NAU women. I think I picked, I picked three NAU women out of my seven and one NAU guy that didn't that didn't run. I I didn't win the competition. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I was I was. Should we tell the results of the competition we before probably we forget? Should. Yeah. So, well, it's going to be bad because we don't have all the... Hopefully, I, get, get up I, Sinter's team I, I at least. I pulled it up. Okay. So, well, I only, know, I only know the top three. Third place? Oh, you were third. Yeah, I was third. I was pretty good. I was 79 points, maybe. 73. 73. Top runner, Doris Lemongole. Yeah. Alabama. Dennis Kipengidich. Oh, you had, you had the OSU 1-2 yeah. punch. Uh, I had one of them. Or 1-3. One of them. Villa Jip Karui. Yeah. I say. I had a strong team. Another Alabama, Victor Kiprop. I had some... Um, and David Malaki. Yeah. It was, it was... I mean... You had five All-Americans. Yeah. It, it was not bad. So I was third. And then Mario was... Silver. 69 points. 69. Well done, Mario. Good Oh, number. he had the Oklahoma State. Brian Musell. Mm-hmm. Parker Wolf. Maya Ramsden. Aaron Los Harris in AU. Dylan Sherbert. Thurman. He actually had a really... Even his seventh runner was 38th. Yeah, he, he had a great you, team. You had a well. DNF. Yeah, see, my, my team, my spread was way too large. That was that was the issue there. But then first place and winning the Amazon $100 By gift card. a huge margin. Was Cinta. And was she, 37 points. She crushed. She crushed it. Her lowest score was 10 points. <laughs> she crushed Her fifth it. runner was Fuad Masaudi, 10 yeah. points. Yeah. Amina Matug, Duke, you've heard of her. Yeah. Patrick Kiprop, Arkansas. Flamina Ezcole, Florida. And Caitlin Tui. Yeah, she five six seven nine ten. That's big time. So what we did, we we did a bit of research. Pretty much, we went through all the conference results, and I think by doing that, you were able to get a pretty good idea and get kind of like some sleeper picks. Because, uh, for example, I I think her name was Amina, the the Duke girl. Like no one was picking her for the first few rounds, and I believe she was like second or third at ACCs. And the women's ACCs is you know so stacked. Mm-hmm. So it was like. Yeah, did, did a little I bit of research. Badly after, <laughs> I mean, I got one point with Parker, <laughs> yeah. and then I went downhill. Yeah, what was the what was your score? I scored 116. I mean, I was like mid pack. Like, yeah, it's not that bad. I was. There was some much higher scores. Than I that. was probably like fifth or sixth. Who who came last? Uh, Alicia, 320 points. <laughs> she also had only six people run. Alicia and I only had six people run because I picked someone that was a an eighth man, which really. <laughs> really throw a spanner in the works. Yeah, that's not what you want. And then I picked three NAU women just because I was feeling feeling like I wanted someone to cheer for. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, you know your woman coming, being ranked number one since Nuttycom after beating NC State, and that was a a full strength NC State, I think. Tui and Camille went two three that day at Nutty, and they still, I think the NA woman won by a decent margin then. So they're looking really strong. I definitely, I didn't say they were better than the men, quote unquote, from Ollie. <laughs> I said they had a better chance of winning than the men. Yeah. I which was, is different. It is different because the NA... Because I yeah. just thought that Oklahoma State was stronger than NC State were. And mm-hmm. we'll get to the men after. But, I mean, w- watching the NA women is, was, was fun because just previous years, they haven't been... I think last year they maybe had a shot for the podium and maybe ended up sixth, but come a long way since I was there. They only qualified for nationals my... S- my fifth year like they kind of spent the first four years i was there like just trying to get recruits basically like smith took it on took on a program that hadn't made nationals in a long time and um had to i mean it's it's hard to get recruits at the start Mm -hmm. like when you don't have much to to show for it and you just kind of have to i mean i don't know how those conversations went but like all right someone you gotta get someone to believe in the program and um and obviously they, they got a big jump this year in transfers from from New Mexico. But also you only get those transfers. Like a few years ago, they wouldn't have got those transfers. Yeah, I know. So saying. a lot of people were trying to say like, you know, they're only good. They're, or they're only number one because they got those transfers. But like having been at the level where you can attract those top level transfers is like, is difficult in itself. Like they wouldn't have just, they just wouldn't have got them a few years ago. Yeah. And it was the the girls on the team for a long time that got them to that place um and yeah to come to come away with second by one point obviously they're probably pretty disappointed <laughs> that that's tough but the one point is so tough because it's just yeah. like especially and they, there's so many bodies it's just like it's and again like one. the you know, men had an incredible day and were second but i think the you know you women had a probably a pretty off day and were second by one point which probably makes it you know maybe a little harder to take. So, you know, yeah. that's tough for them. Like mm-hmm. the NAU men, they know they couldn't have done any, any more. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're thinking, what if we did this? What if one of us ran like that? Like they had an incredible day across the board and, you know, no one, no one's beaten Oklahoma State on that day. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That is tough. But credit to, um, well, actually what I did love from Smith in, in an interview after, like he's, he was asked, like, what do you think from like the announcement that Kelsey Camille, their number two runner, wasn't isn't wasn't going to run, and he was kind of like, um, you know, he doesn't, you don't wish that on on any team, like you don't wish that on your opponents. You want your opponents like fully Full rested. Strength, yeah. You want them tapered. You want them, you want them ready to go, and then you want to beat them. Like you want to beat them at their very best. Like not not a man down. So for them to, you know, lose their. I think she's finished in the top 10 like multiple times. I think she was third last year. I think she might have been. Yeah. Yeah, I think they went 1-3. Yeah. And then to still win. That's yeah, that is the flip side of the story. Is It was an amazing three-peat for NC State. And they had to overcome so much adversity uh, for, you know, an amazing team. But uh, just this year, losing one of your top runners and then maybe Tui just being a little bit off. It's just... And then you got an amazing new kid on the block with the, how good the NAU team was all during the season. Then to come out on top at the very end and, yeah, complete the three-peat, very impressive.
So have to give them credit as well. But now he has to show up to practice with Ellie. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Oh, things are gonna be a little bit tense <laughs> in Flagstaff. There's a there's a couple too many NC State people there. Gonna be celebrating, but it was, was an big, amazing big race. runs from the on in AL athletes too. Third from Olivia Markovic or something, mm-hmm. and ninth from Maya Ramson. Mm-hmm. Both is on. My, is Maya confirmed on? Yes. <laughs> that was, that was, it's uh, so hard to keep up with nervous for a second. It's so hard to keep but up yes. with the NIL stuff Yeah, that is Well done on A couple of good, good And another there. third place If we want to If that's enough storylines on the Yeah, the we can move on let's, let's move on to the men's then Which was uh, It was such a sick race Such a good race I love that course so much I should say that as well for both of them yeah. the, the ups and downs and the turns Kind of similar to Oklahoma State yeah. Like really wide. It does look similar. Trees and then like it looked rock hard. But yeah. like fast but like hilly. <laughs> That's what it's been the last few years. Like yeah. hard in terms of the, the, the up and down but also yeah. just like it looks – maybe it's just like cold or something. Like the ground just is dry mm-hmm. and they're out in 56 or something for the first 400. Like yeah, can slightly we talk about downhill. how ridiculous the men are for going out and – but you had to. I mean you didn't have to but you kind of had to. They – Went out in 229, I think, through the thir- first K. And it was quite net downhill. It looked like, at least, from the broadcast. But they were just sprinting so hard. And then the, I think the second K was, like, close to three minutes then after that. like Was it really? Yeah. That, well, I th- it must have, like, uh, the K splits must have really just depended on how difficult they were. Because there was, I mean, they didn't run close to another 229. I'm not sure what the top, like, the last K was for the top guys. Maybe that got down there close again. But... They did not run close to 229 for their other splits. I will say that much because that is ridiculously fast. And there was just such a deep pack like at the front of the men's race. Like everyone just knows it. They just go for it now. And it was some amazing racing. But from a team perspective, pretty early on, you could tell. I think maybe the first split or the first couple of splits, Oklahoma State were a little bit buried after that uh, – and when I say Barrett, I think they were still in second place. But com- I think NAU were on top at the first couple of splits. But then... One of the guys had a crazy, like, place gain from... Actually, a couple of them. Because they were. They did have quite a high point score at, like, kilometer one. But that's because the guy that ended up coming 12th was in 120th. Yeah. At 1K. So that makes a big difference. Because once the race really got going and things started getting properly spread out, which was, you know maybe four or five K you could just see all the Oklahoma state guys up right up there. And you're like, shit, they just packed together. How are you ever going to beat this team? Because they have five guys in the top 20. Like, how are you ever going to, and the two guys ran together. And then the next, like they're three, four, five, just packed together the whole, like, they're all amazing. They're all amazing runners. That's the thing. Like we, you know how good they are. So it's like, well, if, if they're in that place at that point in the race, they're probably not going to lose it. So, I think from that point on, it was like, okay, the the team title here looks like it's going to go the way of OSU. And they would have had to have a cataclysmic, uh, like <laughs> a big event, a big blow up, a huge blow up. Yeah, so but like a hundred points. I mean, they ended up on what did they win by twenty forty nine to seventy. Forty nine is crazy. That's such a little amount of points, especially in this day and age. Like how good everyone is. I wonder what the like, what did Stanford score that year? 
early they've, 2000s. They've scored less. I, I think I think those teams have scored less. I think they've scored like around 30 points. But the quality of the like the depth. This day and age, I feel like that is crazy because back then I feel like there were less teams and just mm-hmm. like less people at that level. Yeah, like the, I think back then, speaking like around the 2000s, maybe the top five guys were really, really, really good and probably like similar to today. But definitely, like we just know how good the top 100 guys at the NCAA are now. And even more than that, it's that that level is just so high for all those guys. So it is. It really was a, a two a two horse race. <laughs> 49, yeah. the, the third place team, 196 points. <laughs> Who was the third place team? I BYU. Know. BYU. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was really just between them and yeah, Oklahoma State. I mean, I, 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 I kind of like them. Someone was asking either Smith or they was just like talk about like whether that's a rivalry or not now. It doesn't really feel like one, even though like they were probably pissed last year after we they tied and they had to watch yeah, the they had to watch breakup. NAU like freaking party on stage in Oklahoma. <laughs> that must after tying. Yeah. And then they come back and absolutely crush. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, you're right. It doesn't, doesn't feel, feel like doesn't feel like NAU versus BYU. Doesn't like feel that. like personal. NAU versus BYU got personal. Maybe next year. Maybe if if they're, they're still the two best teams next year, then it'll become like that. But I guess one of the questions I did have is: Do you think it will stay this way next year? Do you think? And looking at this from mostly NAU's perspective, do you think this is going to be the moment where it's a really big? Uh, Rebuild, rebuild, required. Yeah, like is this I, where I things things will change? I think the fact that we somehow went from like Baxter and T Day to Drew and Nico like so seamlessly <laughs> is just, I think, such an unlikely. Yeah, you can't occurrence. just you can't just manufacture like that. you Matt and T Day. You just like guaranteed they're going to be up front pushing the pace, and then Drew and Nico, you, they're just like so consistent. You just know that the one two is going to be there and the only like yeah the year we didn't have that was 2019 and we know what happened there Mm -hmm. so but to have that again is like hard to hard to come it's hard to see that happening again so i think i mean maybe nico's coming back i think he's got another year but that was drew's fifth cross country already so was it (laughs) yeah because he ran the the oklahoma state that didn't count Mm -hmm. um so i'm sure he's done (laughs) I yeah. think I don't, I don't know how NCAA Hopefully math works these days, yeah. but um, yeah, and Brody, Brody, that was also his fifth cross country meet. I think another just incredible performance. Yeah. His last like couple of K splits, uh, just ridiculous. Going from he started in eighty fourth and came twenty fifth. Yeah, it's very <laughs> impressive. Very impressive. So yeah, they lose a couple of couple of consistent guys and yeah i think it'll be a struggle but i don't know well then now they get the best recruits so like it could happen i mean best recruits doesn't automatically equal the best teams because we see it at stanford we see it at oregon Mm -hmm. like these schools get amazing recruits and they're not their teams don't perform i think also having like getting the top recruit in nico and then they come fourth at ncaa's yeah it's like that's often you get the best recruit and then like they don't, they Richard and then maybe they have a couple of like years trying to. It takes time. Like the fact that you come forth as a true freshman, like that doesn't, that doesn't just happen to every good recruit. Yeah. Like that was ridiculous as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to talk. We're going to have to wait next week to talk about the fact 
that Oregon didn't qualify as well when when always back, so he can give his two cents on it because that's just crazy to me. Like that Oregon could not qualify out. It was of, like, pretty fun. Like the pe- the camera panning across. <laughs> it's one Oregon. Just one Oregon dude. <laughs> it's like, how does that happen? Like it's Oregon. Come on, but uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting how these teams rebuild and how things change now because yeah, Oklahoma State is an interesting team. I feel like they're a very mixed team and they have a lot of internationals and. I don't know. They don't have the same... Uh, maybe you just have to win more times. I'm not sure. I mean, they've been very successful for a long time, but they definitely don't have the same like uh, feeling of like an NAU. I guess we just got so used to a dynasty because before that, there was a new team winning every year or two. And uh, maybe we'll go back to that for a bit, but who knows? Who knows? So the team, It feels harder to get recruits to go to Stillwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. I I, uh, I mean, I haven't been to Stillwater, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, can't, I don't think it's quite the same as NAU flag stuff, so... That was the team race, though. That was the team race. The individual race on the men's side was so exciting because it was so open, and everyone was there, pretty much. Like, all the top guys were there running Everyone together. took a turn at, like, trying to hammer for a bit, too. <laughs> yeah, it was like, there were and a lot of moves dude went to the made. front. Yeah. Was, oh, both OSU guys went to the front for a sink, and then Kai made... Kai kind of made the move that, like, split it up at maybe 2K to go. Yeah. Kai's – so I I really thought that Kai was going to win. I, I I really did. So when he was at the front, I was like, okay, there's, there's no one beating him. But like I he sh- was just slightly too fast again. I just need to give so much credit to to Blanks, Graham Blanks, because he, he didn't just win as well. Like, he, like, fucking crushed it. Like, that was a big move. Like, still with, you know, a whole K left in the race or whenever it was, and – he ended up dropping um, everyone except what's the New Mexico guy's name? Is it Hebtum Samuel? Like and he just came seventeenth in Bathurst. Yeah, yeah. start like, of the year. And Blanks is he's dropping him like it's just crazy to see someone run from the front like that. So I'm very interested to see how he goes on the track. Yeah, how it translates. Because mm-hmm. I think I assume he's going to be running like next week at BU. Yeah, of, it's of down course. the road. Like why? How could you not they jump in that five k? I think he does have a fast 5K time, like 13. Someone said, 30. like, is I, it faster? I think maybe like 13, 19 or something. 19? Yeah. Or like these days? That That's <laughs> the same thing. For, yeah. Yeah. That's the new 13, 30, 30 nowadays. Yeah. 13, 20 now. So yeah. it's, it isn't going to be interesting to see, like, going straight from winning cross to the BU 5K. Like, if you ran like 13 0, I wouldn't even be, like, I mean, I don't know if I'd be, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I wouldn't be surprised. I guess that is kind of what I'm saying. Like, these guys are so good. I mean, it's yeah. they're capable of doing these amazing things. I would love to see his and Parker's last two months of training like <laughs> lined up. Yeah, because yeah. by the sounds of it, they train very hard at Harvard. The Harvard training system is blows my mind. And Just, I, he, it was like a crypt. It was like a kind of a not a cryptic comment, but like a loaded thing where he was like, "We run a lot of miles," and then he said. A lot of quality miles. Yeah. Which yeah. from rumor has it, they just run fast all the time. That's like yeah. that's like their training philosophy. They don't like run qual- anything not, slower than six minute pace. Like no junk think. miles. Yeah. Like we're talking about clicker miles over here. They're mm. they're they're living it. I yeah, I have heard that so this is gonna be I'm sure some people listening know much better than us the specifics of it. But they just will start at low mileage, but they'll run everything at six minute pace. And then they'll build up as much as they can maintain six-minute pace. They'll build up their volume. But they won't ever build up their volume if they can't 
keep mm-hmm. it at a six-minute pace. And I imagine they do stupid workouts as well. And I imagine they also spend a lot of time in either Flagstaff or Boulder. Probably Flagstaff, I think. Really? In the summer or something? I just assume all the Ivy kids go there. It's just it's just the vibe I get. So they're training very, very hard. So It is like the opposite philosophy on volume most people have. Most people like up the volume and then as you as you like become used to that volume you naturally run faster because it's easier yeah i would love to get hear the coach talk about it and maybe he has somewhere like maybe but i just love to know like what is it about running we did have a six minute pace we had a michigan transfer in au and i started and when gibby was the coach at michigan and he would tell some ridiculous stories mm-hmm. about what they would do it's like 40 times 400 Dragon, like, yeah, who is just, this? Who is this Gibby coach? That's the coach. That is the Harvard coach. Oh, he used to coach at Michigan. Yeah, he came from Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe he went somewhere in between. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. I think his name's Gibby. Because I always knew that. Because my whole time there, the Michigan coach was still was already um Sullivan. Sully, it so. was the guy before that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Wow. I, I love it when you hear, like, this is why I love hearing, like, Ben Thompson about his training. I love it when it's just something completely different. Yeah. Because training to us is so, like, like, we, I think we understand it in a very linear way. Like, we, we know, like, I think what we're doing that works. And we also know, like, what we would want to work towards. Like, it makes sense to us. Like, yeah, if we can just do more volume of, like, this type of training, and if we can do these workouts harder, we're going to be better. And it's just like seems very straightforward what we do, because it's the, we, and it's the same thing that you know Bauman does. It's the same thing that essentially well slightly different but similar to like how Jakob and all these people train. But then you hear these people that are just completely different. It's so interesting to see, and they have so much success with it. So it is cool. I mean, I he looked it. amazing too, like celebrating down the finish line. <laughs> look, it looked like he could have done another K. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how that translates into into the track, but. Yeah, credit to him. I think Kai, I think Kai would have had it if if it was a little slower. I think that was kind of the same thing last year, like mm-hmm. it was just too fast out the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that year they kind of just didn't cover the move with that only Charles did, but I would have picked him. Like he he definitely would have had the best finish out of those top ten guys if yeah. he was in. It's hard to say though. Distance. I hundred percent like I I know what you're saying, but I still believe in cross country and in like the ten k. If you're the strongest, you have the best kick most of the time still. I think that's how he ended up. He had the fastest last K, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But it was amazing races as It's as not always. often actually a jog. Yeah. Like, it's not... It, I feel like it just never comes down to, like, that tactical where someone that isn't fit wins. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine if it actually was a jog? <laughs> like, because even when, even when like, you, you, it seems tactical, cross country, there's 250 people. Even if yeah. it seems tactical... Them, there might be 20 people left in the end. But can you imagine yeah. if it actually was a jog? And there's it's only like, tactical for 20 people that are fit enough. <laughs> yeah, like that's not a jog still because you've dropped everyone else. But if you actually had it where there was 150, 200 people at the end, <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, it wouldn't make any like, sense. It'd be impossible. Yeah. but Positioning would just be everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone would fall over. I saw a couple of people fell at the start. I felt really bad for them. Is there no, there's no callback in cross? How would you get 250 people to come back? I don't know, but I thought there was. I I, I love that, like, I don't even know the rules of the, of the sport that, that I feel like that's the kind of thing they so say, long. we'll run it back, but, like, mostly, like, all right, fuck, just Because I thought there was a cross-country rule. Hopefully no one falls. How do you get 250 people to come back? That sounds you really difficult. You sh- shoot the gun again. I don't know. Just keep shooting it. Pew, pew, pew. 
I'm always so impressed by the starter being in the middle as well. I thought they normally get out of the way, but this sometimes one, they do, sometimes they don't. Do they, they like? Do they tell that middle team like, dude, watch out, <laughs> I'm still gonna be there. I, I thought I, about that watching it. I think it has to be wide enough. It has to be wide enough. There must be like the perfect ratio of when it's so wide that they know that people can go around you, and it's also too wide for you to make it to the edge. To the edge. <laughs> but like, surely you could just fire the gun on the back of one of those. The like. Yeah, the car, anyway. You would think that as just well. drive off. But I think it's so epic <laughs> firing the gun and then just having 250 people run past you. So that would be pretty sweet. I do enjoy that as well. So, yeah, that was uh, Into the Blue. Any other storylines? How did you feel about Wisconsin's performance? <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. I didn't want to talk about this. It's like I'm pretty sure somebody cursed us because <laughs> no matter how good our team is, like we'll come like ninth or 10th every year. And because... It was the exact same thing when I went was there. In fact, my senior year, we were ranked, like in the final season ranking, we were ranked top four. Maybe it was fourth, but we were ranked like podium. And we were looking really good. And we had amazing athletes, like it made sense. And then I think we finished like ninth or something like that. Like just on the day, we just like couldn't quite get it done. And that was the same thing that happened this year. And I don't know, I need to talk to the boys. I, I feel bad because then I know... Yeah, ranked fifth going in. I know a couple of them will be pretty disappointed with how they uh it, We know how good out. some of the like Jackson Sharp's very good runner. Yeah. King Bob. King Bob and King Bob was, was going for it. Um great runners, but yeah, just the Wisconsin curse. There's something going on there. We need to get some we need to get the ghost bosses out there to investigate <laughs> that cuz there's something going on. It's and it's it's uh definitely goes beyond a normal training thing it's uh something extraterrestrial i think so we got to fix that but yeah another tough year for the guys i think i know they had high expectations but i think yeah. that's got to be one of the lowest uh placings for colorado in a, in a long long time Where they too. finish 25th hey at least they qualified you know right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah i was yeah i was gonna say something about that it was like i was saying about that but i, w- I won't get into it yeah no, I think uh, every team goes through these times when it's very difficult. Ebbs and flows. It really ebbs does. Ebbs and flows, and now's not a great time for them. But I'm sure they'll be back. So, yeah. All right. I'm uh, close to my limit, I think. <laughs> this has been uh, a great effort. I, we weren't going to record today because I was still feeling too sick, but I kind of felt like today would be the best way to get it done. So it's the like, best day. I feel like we got it done. I feel like we did a really good uh, recap. Especially mm-hmm. considering there was no preview. Yeah. <laughs> and so. we're feeling good about it. We missed a bean shout out at the beginning. So I'll do that before we go. Yeah. Courtesy of coffee club coaching athlete, Kevin Boyle. Shout out to Kev. Shout out, Kev. Final race of the season last year was, wait, 15, 59? Or broke 16? Broke 16. And got a dub, sent a photo of the finish line and a very nice note uh, to, well, I coach George, but yeah, also no, to no. the coffee club. Dude, it's all you, bro. And you some beans. Which, interestingly, our second bag of beans from Costa Rica, I think. Mm-hmm. We've, we have specifically mentioned that we like Costa Rican beans before. We do. Central America is our go-to. So some beans from Cafe Monteverde. Thanks, Kev. Yeah. Can't wait to try them. Thank you, Kev. And with that, I think that's it for episode 112. Hope you guys enjoyed the uh, 
the runaround that was the Coffee Club podcast today. Hopefully next week we're all back together and things are a little more simple. But yeah, that's it from us. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you all next week.